Hello, and welcome to the Equity Foundation podcast. The Equity Foundation is the professional development arm of Actors' Equity. Our mission is to assist, educate, and inspire performers. To find out more, visit www.equityfoundation.org.au. Okay. Hi, everyone. Alex Jones here. We're just waiting for everyone to come in. As you know, I'm the program manager at the Equity Foundation, and today I have pleasure in introducing our special guest, Alexandra Lopez. Before we commence, I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nations and pay my respects to all the traditional owners of country and all throughout our country, and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture, and that this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. And we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. I want to take a minute to thank the Equity Foundation's principal sponsor, Media Super. Media Super has supported the foundation since our beginning in the early 2000s. They are your industry super fund and they are there to support you with your superannuation. They also have a financial advisor and they are, and they, they understand that actors have different income streams. So they really are a, a good good contact and of course all your money is going into the Moody Super so you might as well take advantage of it and talk to them. If you need their contact details then please do give me a call and I will give you the right uh, people to call. Okay so welcome Alexandra. Hello thank you very much for having me. I'm just going to just excuse me two seconds guys because I am not technical. Well, look, thank you so much um, to Alex and the Equity Foundation for, for having me today. This is an absolute thrill and I'm very humbled that you would take your time um, to come and learn about the voice industry, the beautiful land of voiceovers. Um, I hope that your takeaway today is that you know where to start. Um, this course was born out of... Um, a lot of frustration that I saw from professional actors and singers and dancers that I was coaching into the space. Um, and the question was always, well, how do I start? How do I get into it? Um, a lot of them were doing courses and being thrown a script and that's wonderful, but what do you do with a script with no um, leads and, and no sort of um, mentoring? So I hope that you you have actionable steps after today and you know where you want to go with it. My name is Alexandra Lopez. I'm the CEO of Alexandra Lopez Studios. So I work as a voice strategist with female-focused brands in the wellness industry. So I've spent the last 20 years in the voice industry voicing everything you could think of. Um, and it led me to my work as a strategist and a coach. And I specialize in teaching beginners. That's really my niche. I enjoy um, nurturing people into this space. Um, from all different modalities. So I work with a lot of professional singers, a lot of professional dancers and a lot of professional actors um, who understand that there's similarities with those modalities and the voice industry, but it requires a different skill. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Um, so before we go into our first slide, I would like to acknowledge uh, the Ghana people who are the traditional owners of the land that I get to raise my children and run my business on, so I pay my respects to them. All right, without further ado, let's check out this little baby. Okay, so you'll hear me a few times today talk about real life. I think sometimes when somebody's talking at you for an hour, it's very helpful to hear a little snippet of how you can take perhaps what I'm explaining and go, okay, so that's what she means. In a real life scenario, that's why she's asking me to do this. So let's get started. So what is the voiceover industry? So as you can see here, the voiceover industry encumbers everything that we see here. So commercial voiceover, including promo for radio, television, and online. Uh, Non-commercial, so you've got corporate, medical, and industrial voiceover scripts. We've got audiobook narration, um, which is uh, children's books, audiobooks, everything that, that is in there animation, documentary, um, on hold messages and interactive voice recording, and really anywhere that a voice can be used, that's us. Um, and it's exploded uh, in the last 10 years, you know, we're seeing a lot of gaming, VOs and, and everything else, a voice to prompt. So that's really 
that's really what we talk about when we say the voice industry. So it covers any, any conceivable voice usage. So we're going to move on here to preparation and I'll stop at the end of this and grab yourself a pen and paper if you don't already have it, um, just to jot down any questions um, because as we go through, you can forget and I don't want you to forget. I really don't want you to leave today without having all of your questions answered. I'm here for you to serve you. So in preparation for voice work, there's two things that I believe are the key. Um, I have done them for 20 years now, I feel quite old, um, 20 years, and I've done them every single day bar a few days. So I know and believe and can be the proof in the pudding that they work. The first one is reading aloud. So as actors, you may have been told this in your training, but my question is always, do you do it? Reading aloud, and that can be, I would prefer things that you don't understand, meaning go and grab a medical journal, a paragraph from a medical journal and get stumped. My, my goal for you is to get stumped on words that you can't say, because what does it make you do? It makes you go and look up how to say it. And then you'll come back to the page and you'll read that sentence again. And before you know it, you'll have fluidity and you'll have a new cluster of words for your repertoire. It's very, very important as voice artists that we can literally pick up a script and be able to deliver it in about 30 seconds. That's when you go and work in a studio, oftentimes you don't have any, any um, time with the script before you've got to get in there and make it sound like you know what you're saying. <laughs> so reading aloud things that you don't understand. And I'm talking about picking up anything. This morning, I got a um, magazine from Azu here in Adelaide. We're members and I got it and I started reading it straight away. It's picking up anything. It's an RAA book. It's a medical journal. It's anything. And I, I would prefer that you try and yeah pick up things you don't know about to help you build your repertoire of words and to help you research pronunciation because that, that's the jam in voiceover. That's how we get booked again and again is our ability to pick up a script, sight read and know how to do it. So the reading aloud, I think, is one of the most important things. And the, the beautiful thing about the 2021 is we have devices that can record us at the, you know, at the snap of our fingers. So record yourself on your phone and get very used to listening to how you sound. And yes, you're probably going to go like this the first few times. I sound horrible. Everyone starts out like that. Um, but it's super important that if you can't listen to you, who else is going to listen to you? But to be frank, that's the truth. Record yourself reading out anything from a magazine, anything from a paper, anything that you can get at the library, read it and read it aloud. And if you can, annoy your friends and family and get them to listen to it. Oftentimes when we read or perform in front of our friends and family, it's the most nerve wracking, right? So that's the whole point. Ask them to sit down and listen to something that you've been working on. And this is something that I recommend that you do in the beginning every day, five days a week. Um, and you can start out the thing with your training is you can start out slow because what is amazing is as soon as you start really working the voice, five minutes feels like eternity and you will finish that five minutes and go, whoa, I'm stuffed. Well, that's great. The next time it'll be five and a half minutes, then it'll be six. So I would recommend that you start with five and we work up to about 30 minutes. And if you can do that nearly every day, you'll be amazed at the progress that you make. The second thing that is absolutely crucial to the way that I work, and I absolutely uh, think it's one of the reasons that I get booked for work, <laughs> is tongue twisters. Google tongue twisters 
and pick your favorite 10. I'm really boring. I do the same 10. I've done the same 10 for 10 years, but pick tongue twisters and get really used to moving your mouth and your lips and your whole face quite fast because in a studio, you will be thrown lots of different things. And the first thing that you want to be is nimble. You want your mouth to be nimble. In real real life, to give you a real life scenario here, at just how important I think tongue twisters are, a few years ago had a very long stint um, for a national jewellers. So I was recording the radio campaigns and the uh, TVC, so their television campaigns. And we would record every two weeks at 8 a.m. And being ready and nimble to do a script that's fifth, they were 15 to 30 seconds off the bat. They were always very word rich. So they would, they would hit these scripts with as many words as they possibly could. I would have to come in in that time frame and I would have to sort of nail it from the get-go. Um, we had a very short window of between 8 and 8.30 in the morning to get these scripts done and sometimes there would be six or seven at a time. So that's not to scare you, that story. It's to tell you the reality of being prepared. And I can honestly say that if I wasn't warming up with tongue twisters, I never would get those words out. And I'm talking real simple stuff. Your red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. You can speed that up. You can slow it down. And so I would, yeah, recommend Google 10 you know, get yourself a little repertoire of 10 tongue twisters. That and reading aloud every day, they're the two things I still do every day, guys. And sometimes I've only got five minutes to give it. I'm a mother of young children, so my plans often get waylaid. But even if you've got five minutes, I promise you that that five minutes will make a difference because it compounds. I don't know if anybody's read the book, The Slight Edge, but it's all about if I've got a tiny amount of time to do something, I'm going to use it wisely. So I think that it's really important to just honour if I've only got five minutes today, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm going to get it done because five minutes today and five minutes tomorrow equals 10 minutes. And that's 10 minutes that I have done towards my voice. Now, I think in the way of um, researching pronunciation, um, you really... I think it's in your best interest to become a bit of a detective as a voice artist, become curious about the way that words are pronounced and to really make it your goal to increase your vocab. And what that means in real life is whenever we get a script in the studio, we never know what it's gonna look like. We never know what the requirement's gonna be. It's one of the thrills of the job. But to be able to pull that off, the incredible preparation that goes behind the scenes is everything I'm talking about here. And it will enable you to warm yourself up, come into a studio and say, you can throw whatever you want at me and I'll give it a crack. And yet getting comfy with the sound of your speaking voice, I couldn't highlight that enough. It's um, paramount to what we do um, as, as voice artists is to listen to our voice. Now, were there any questions? I'm going to open up the questions here and Alex will read them out to me. Can I clarify anything there on preparation? Does anybody have any questions on that? Alexandra, would you like me to read out some of the questions that have come That'd through? That'd be great. Thank you. Yes. Regarding yep. punctuation for an interruption, how do you, people use different punctuation for an interruption. So how do you deal with that? You, when um, I go into a studio and, and like I said, sometimes you have 30 seconds, you need to become a detective in those 30 seconds. So you're looking for words you don't understand. You're looking to clarify any yeah, names of anything, the pronunciation. And that is something usually, so I imagine we're talking about full stops and commas and, and grammatical terms here. It can be something that once you get into the studio, 
um, oftentimes an engineer will say, um, okay, you're just, you're, you're um, let's say it's at the end of a full stop. You're just holding a little bit too long there. Can we run it together a bit more? So you really do. Um, and I think that's why it's so important to read um, everything too. And, and actors, you you guys will know that a huge part of your job is to read and you'll, you'll gain so much for, for character reference um, from actually looking at the way that a sentence is written. So, so I really think it's about getting in the studio with that script and using your own interpretation from it and then being very open to um, the engineer and the client saying, oh, that's a bit a bit long of a pause there. Um, does that help? Does that answer that question for you? They can uh, send in another follow-up question if need be. Mm. Here is uh, someone I was recently told that I have vocal fry by an accent coach. Can this be fixed with training and will it affect my chances in the industry? Vocal fry? I don't even know what vocal fry is. Oh, well, we'll move on because it's obviously, it's a, it's a, we can talk about that at the end if need be. Yeah, I mean, my, my recommendation would be to go to a, a vocal coach and then an ENT. So that would be my recommendation there is to see a specialist, um, a specialist ENT. And there are specialist ENTs in voiceover. So, yeah, I would perhaps Google in your area um, and speak to them about that. All right. Well, the next one is, uh, should a voice artist hone in on their particular vocal ability, for example, a natural educated Australian sound and do demos with that, that emphasise that skill, or should there be a full um, a demo reel with a whole lot of different accents and voices? It's a good question. Um, I don't think when you're starting out and when you're green, you're highlighting what you can do. So yes, my answer is, you know, five, six, seven, ten years down the track, for sure, you might have demo reels with, with everything you can do because you've built up that skill. But I wouldn't put that pressure on yourself if you're green and you're just uh, cracking into the industry. I would use what you have. I think with first demos, and I, I've got a bit of an explanation on that later, but I think with first demos, you can't be where you're not. Does that make sense? When you're starting out, you have what you have. And I hope to give you tools that will help you on your way. But we as performers, I think we get impatient. <laughs> we get impatient with wanting to be somewhere quick. And this industry, let me just tell you, it's a slow burn. It is a slow burn to, to build up your skill set, your understanding, your contacts. Um, so I wouldn't put that pressure. I would work with what you have to start. Yeah. What advice do you have about demo reels and getting that heard by employers? Okay. So I really think that when it comes to demos, I, I've seen a, a bit of a trend where people jump to and want to get a demo done ASAP. They want it done. They want it out there. They want everyone to hear it. I always think, and I'm relatively conservative with my views here because I'm a bit of a snail. I'm a bit of a slow coach. I really think that honing your skills first to be able to deliver the best that you can in a demo is the way to go. And it's really in getting your demo out there once you've done one, it's really, you know, pounding the pavement, so to speak. It's, it's really making contacts. It's making sure that you're working with uh, a coach because a coach also most of the time has contacts that can say, why don't you send it here? Why don't you send it here? But working in your local area, wherever you, wherever you live, and really getting to know the engineers and the studio producers who are responsible for booking talent, you can find that out in your area. You can find out who's there and um, make yourself available for them. You know, email them and say, can I send you my demo? And if you like it, could I maybe meet you for a coffee? And could we talk about, you know, work that you're seeing come through at the moment? 
Uh, yeah, so that would be my recommendation there. Okay, well, that's it for these questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving on. So we've got interpreting a script and in studio, and I'm sorry if it's a bit loud behind me. I'm actually at the back of a theatre today. It's beautiful, but I'm in what's supposed to be a soundproof room. So I'm sorry if, if you can hear people laughing. All right. So like I, I said before, you in the studio in real time, you often have 30 seconds to have a look at what you're doing and build character, understand what you're saying, walk into a studio and be able to, to deliver that. Um, it's, a, it's a real skill. This is something that takes time. So please don't. And I know that it's, it's so easy when you're eager because um, I'm that myself, but it takes time. Like I said before, this career of mine has been a 20-year slow burn. So please don't expect miracles overnight. Be patient with yourself and try your best to surround yourself with people who are on the same path as you. Okay, so we're going with grammar, speed and emphasis. So they're the three things when you are looking at a script and you've gone into the studio and they give you a script, we're looking at the grammar. We're looking at your time frame. So like I was saying before, um, you know, the radio adverts that I was doing were, you know, they're sort of 15 seconds. The TVCs were between 15 and 30 seconds. So that's an important thing to look at. Um, how long do I have for this? You look at it straight, and straight away and go, okay, this is quite word rich. They've, they've got someone who really wants to <laughs> um, use their writing skills here. And you'll have a quick look at what your emphasis is going to be and some scripts will be more they'll give you more um, leeway than others and others will be very specific about the way that they they want you to uh, execute but they're really the things in that first moment when you're having a look at a script they're the things that you're de you're a detective you really are you're looking for them and that will set you on your way so that's why I think preparatory work is so essential. That's why I harp on so much about making sure your, your mouth and, and everything is warm with tongue, tongue twisters. It's why I emphasise so much about reading aloud because it all brings you. Um, and I'm a living proof of the things that I am preaching here because they really have saved my butt in a studio um, and they have um, helped me build, <coughs> excuse me, um, this wonderful career. So 12 execs. In real life, this is how it works. So in a studio, you never know, <laughs> and that's the thrill, you never know what's going to be in there. You never know who's going to be in there. On a very quiet record, it will be just myself and the engineer and that's what we call relatively quiet. The client might call in over the phone. But I have recorded before with 12 people. It's six people on the couch, the engineer, three people on the phone in one state, three people on the phone in another state. And your ability to not be phased by that is again why the preparatory work is so important. It's why it's so important to, to read to anybody that will hear you because the likelihood of you walking into a studio and there being 12 people staring at you going, cool, we're all going to give you a different way to say this is the truth. And I think it pays dividends um, and will, will help you be uh, employed again and again to be easy to work with, guys. People like to work with people who are friendly. They like to work with people who are punctual. They're things that your mum told you that are so true being easy to work with and easy to direct are two massive skills. Um, so you can have, you can look at a script and think, I might interpret it this way. And then you need to break that all down and not be so in love with your delivery that you can't morph for whoever it is. And I've been in studios before where everybody wants to be heard and I mean that with the the nice I mean that in the nicest way 
but you've got eight people who are deciding on how this script's going to end and they're at loggerheads with each other and you're delivering it once for this person, then one person's going to ask you to pull this back, add this here. It's a minefield. It's a minefield, but it's the reality of the work. So being easy to direct, being not attached and in love and unable to throw your um, ideas out the window and go with what they want. They are very, very important skills. And I promise you that you won't be rehired if you can't do that. Um, and it's also when you get to that level and you get to the point where you're starting to work in studios, that is the thrill of the job. There is nothing more thrilling for me than walking into a studio and thinking, A, I don't know who's going to be here. B, I don't know what I'm doing. And C, what's, what's going to happen today? What's it going to turn out to be? That's a very exciting think on your feet way of working. So what can you do to feel confident is to do your prep and leave no stone unturned. Um, make sure that you're doing all your preparatory work so that you can come in and just go, what have you got? Throw it at me. I also believe that, like I said to the, the question before, you can't be where you're not. Um, I came at this voice work as a professional uh, dancer and actor and singer. So for me, starting out, I would pick up a script and go, oh, my God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm saying. And I'm not kidding you. I could only ever, and it was one of the best pieces of advice I ever got, I could only tap into what I was. And what I was was a professional dancer. So for 12 months in the beginning of my journey, I would, I would approach every script with the rhythm of a tap dance in my head. Now, yeah, you might call me crazy, you might laugh, but it got me through because it's all I knew. Before I knew me as a voice artist, all I knew was me as a dancer. So my advice is to never disregard you and what you uniquely bring as a voice artist, because the idea is not to sound like somebody else. We already have them. The idea is to hone your skills and everyone will come at it from a different background. I've worked with speech pathologists. I've worked with psychologists who want to really come into this field. And we all come at it from a very different background. So it's very important not to stamp on that and rather to use it to your advantage because ultimately that's what makes you you. And I will still now, I'm working on a script at the moment. Um, my company is doing a audio for um, an app for a national park here with the South Australian government. And a huge part of these scripts that I've been given, I'm voicing two characters, they're both accent pieces. And the way that I have got into it is still through my body. I'm a dancer, first and foremost, that sits and lives somewhere deep in my system. And I've got into the accents through movement. And it's my unique way of working with a script. I need to be standing and I need to be working. So think about the things that you are and what you can bring to the industry and don't squash them. See if they can actually just be your building blocks. I think that's it for there. Does, does anyone have any questions on that, guys? Is there much work available from home studios with video calls from an engineer and director? Mm -hmm. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. So that was uh, something I did want to talk about. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, there are. There's, there's lots of different ways that people can work. So you can go through an agency, try and get yourself on an agent's books, you can freelance and a lot of the time people do people do both. So you have a home studio and people will go through, I think it's a different uh, voice uh, companies, voices one, two, three. And my only, my only um, recommendation there is something that I see a lot in the industry at the moment that makes me very sad is, you know, there are jobs out there that, Play, people like Nia are working extremely hard to build rates for an industry, for our industry. And there are a lot of companies out there at the moment, and it's particularly online service providers that completely have their own set of um, 
payment and finances. So I would just always, yes, you can work from your home studio. I would always just be mindful though of rates and making sure that you are getting paid uh, what you're worth. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So the best voiceover is your personality. I read that computers can now make any type of sounding voice, but great, great voiceovers are the personality of the actor delivering it. Mm-hmm. Would that be? Would you agree with that? Yeah, a hundred percent. That's a wonderful way to put it, and that is exactly what I was just saying in terms of come at it from you, from who are you? The world already has you know an awful lot of other people, but they don't have you, and it sounds a bit violin-y bit cliche but it's actually the truth so absolutely remember that in a time when we are being outdone by computers you can never replicate or get rid of the human voice and we can never deny the power of a voice if we think about all the times that we've been moved by a human voice it, it, it has the ability to just stick in our stick in our minds um, forever. So yes, 100% agree with that. Um, There's a question, but we might leave it to the end, which is what kind of um, computer for home studios? Because we've covered this quite a lot. Yep. In, um, so we might just touch on that at the end very briefly. We've got quite a few podcasts on our section which cover that. Mm-hmm. So we might move on if that's all right, Alexandra. Sure. Okay. All right. Okay. So goal setting. So As much as I believe in the technical side of things, and it's why I'm here today to let you know, um, you know, a peek behind the curtain of of what I think it takes. Um, I also think that mindset in any of the modalities in the arts is 100% the most important thing. I think without it, unfortunately, we don't get far. So setting small achievable goals for yourself is absolutely important. So like I was saying at the beginning, Okay, so we're going to start out five minutes a day and that's what we're going to do. Five minutes a day and we're going to train for five minutes a day and we're going to make one cold call to whoever or we're going to uh, save up the money to have coaching by, you know, a, a coach that you really admire. So small achievable goals, like we said in the beginning, it is a slow burn industry like a lot of the modalities in the arts, voiceover is no different. But, you know, if you can write those goals down and look back in a month and say, check this out, I did this every day and it equaled this, it's it's a very satisfying uh, way to just, you know, bite off that little morsel and um, and something else to chew to, to move you to the next level. I just wanted to... A point to community radio for a moment because community radio is where I started um, after I did my my training. I worked with um, a community radio here in South Australia and I couldn't speak more highly of it. I wasn't paid for this work but bear in mind this was me starting out. So This is something I also recommend to my students. I'm in no way, shape or form saying that you need to work for nothing. It's not what I'm saying. I'm a huge advocate for the rates that have been set and and making sure that we adhere to them. Otherwise, we are absolutely just doing each other out of work for the sake of being cheaper. I'm not saying that, Um, but I am saying when you're green, you've got an opportunity to lend your skills or your your skills you're building to somewhere like a community community radio station. It's a win-win for them and it's a win for you for a few reasons. If you're actually contacting and working in a community radio station, they are, for the most part, set up like a recording studio. And so you really get that thinking on your feet skill And I think it's always better to say, this is what I did, as opposed to, ah, I think I'd do that in that situation. The the important thing about voiceover is realizing that you problem solve on your feet all the time. So throw yourself into that and feel the pressure of how a studio works. 
And when you're green, you need that. You absolutely, absolutely need to be thrown in to go, okay, what would I do here? Oh, this is what I do. This is what I did, as opposed to I think I might, because I think I might could be anything. Um, this is what I did will lead you to the next thing. Um, and it's really interesting, but you can build material for your first demo from adverts that you do on community radio. That's how, that's what I did in the beginning. And yes, I did touch on that. That was one of the questions there. Agents, freelance, home studio, they're all the different ways that people can work these days. I don't necessarily think that one's better than the other. I, for the most part in my career, have worked under an agent and in the last couple of years have built my home studio. Um, but I still, as much as I love my home studio, I use it purely for demo purposes for clients. And I like to go into a studio to uh, work with an engineer because I love that um, uh, collaboration. So it's, it's entirely um, sort of up to you there. Are there any questions on, on goal setting there, guys? Um, there are two questions. Yep. Basically, one is uh, I used to be do voiceover, uh, not in the industry anymore. How do I get back in? Mm -hmm. and the second one is uh, I do have a lot of skills uh, with voices and accents and everything, and I wanted to making the move to voiceover. Yep. Do I do I keep it sort of limited and just stick with my strengths, or can I go the full the full bit and show them what I've got? Yeah, look, if you've got the skills, go hard or go home. Like I think, I think it's a case of working with a coach. I always recommend that you work with a coach just because if you've got those skills there, what a coach can do is go, okay, great. You're really firing in these areas. Why don't we do, you know, an accents demo? Why don't we do a commercial demo? So if you've got all those skills there already, power to you I think it's just a matter of working with someone to make you know to, to put all of those skills down on demos and sorry Alex what was the first question uh the other one was I've been out of it for a while but um I've I left behind and haven't done much for the last 10 years how do yeah. I get back in so start start at the very beginning again build up those skills look at building your material back up again uh, meaning demos and again working with a coach can be a wonderful way because you can you know there's there's if you've been out but you were in you can certainly there's ways to fast track building up your skill set again um, and and to go from there and how do you find work without an agent and do you have any uh, courses or co that you can recommend people take okay how do you get work without an agent what a lot of people do is build up a home studio and work through online platforms. Um, you can, again, use where you live as a way of getting yourself out there and, and really finding out who are the studios in my area and um, cold calling. Guys, I still do it 20 years down the track. I still will call people and say, hey, I've never worked with you. Can we meet for a coffee? I'm, you know, and that's, I'm talking about studio engineers and getting myself known um, by them. So I think it's, it's your own legwork and you can definitely do it without an agent. I think sometimes we rely very heavily on our agents and I don't necessarily think we should and I don't think you always have to I think that there is an awful lot that you can do because the the engineers have people on their books that they use and recommend yeah most of the time engineers will have a little cluster of voices that they know that they work with a lot and then there'll be times when they'll be looking for new voices so it's very um, wise and in your best interests to, um, to, to get yourself um, in with them, chat to them. And, you know, if they'll give you their time, pick their brain, you know, um, and, and I think that's a great way to go about it. In terms of coaching, um, I, I've basically set up what I wish was available to me 
in the industry when I started 20 years ago. And, and it's this course. I wish that this was available to me to give me um, some goal setting and some ideas on where to go. And the second thing is I have a community, a free community on Facebook called Voiceover Collective. And you are most welcome to come and join. It's for everybody. And it is a really wholehearted, safe space um, for emerging voice artists, which is my specialty. So I do coach beginners, raw beginners. And we have people who are somewhere in the middle of their journey and we have professional voice artists as well with five or more years of experience. So, you know, if you're looking for, and I certainly do recommend being in a community setting, it is just the way to have questions answered. It's the way to go, hey, this is, I'm stumped on this. And 10 other people will go, hey, I'm stumped on this too. It's, it's how, I think you can do it alone, but I think that doing it together is so much nicer. <laughs> it's so much nicer because it's, a, as you all well know, any of the modalities in the arts are a lonely game. They, they are a single game. So, yeah, feel absolutely free to come on over to my group, VoiceOver Collective. So that's, a, that's on Facebook. Uh, are there any questions there at the end? Look, there are quite a few questions. Uh, mm. So I don't know how much more you need to do, but certainly there, I've had three questions about the basics required to set up a home studio. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just give me two seconds. The basics of setting up a home studio would be to make sure that you have, I'm just trying to think what I did. Okay. So I had a friend who was, who had had his own studio. He spent a lot of money making um, a room out the back um, into a home studio. I didn't have that facility at the time. I didn't have the money and I wasn't sure that I wanted to necessarily put all my eggs in the home studio basket, but I wanted something to offer. So it's about finding, perhaps, you know, somebody who has a home studio that you can call and say, hey, can I take you for a coffee? Could you please let me know what would be the best way to go about this? Um, and it's finding a room in your house that is the most quiet <laughs> um, and it's trial and error. Um, and then you really start, you really start with with the budget that you have. And remember that it's just about getting the runs on the board, right? Like in the beginning, yeah, you don't want to get the, the worst possible microphone, but if you can't afford this thousand dollar microphone, then start, start where you can and where, where's affordable for you and go from there. So really you just need your laptop. Um, I have a, a Rode NT-USB microphone and I can't remember what my, my ears are, but um, they weren't expensive, the earphones that I use. So it's, it's about going to um, a store. I'm, I'm a bit of an old-fashioned girl, but I like to go into where I can actually speak to music techie guys um, and gals and, and get them to help you, let them know what it is that you're after. And, again, my coach, so my, I work with Abby Holmes and she is the lady that said to me, okay, let's get this set up. And I tested it on her. I would send her pieces and she'd go, no, that's not quite, no, we need that room more soundproof. So it's trial and error, but that's a good place to start. And I think that working with a coach is another great way to pick their brain on it. Yeah. Oh, look, there are so many more questions, but um, we'll leave them to the end because yeah we don't have we don't have um I think I've got maybe one more Alex so um oh no I've got your first demo so I think I've got another two but yeah far away well you've mentioned online you mm -hmm. mentioned online platforms do you know of any specific ones to recommend I don't actually recommend them <laughs> look there's you can ask anyone, uh, Voices123, I think there's the Voice Realm. I th I'm trying to remember another one. I'm sorry, it's left my brain. So voice. I think it's Voices123, the Voice Realm. But just be very aware that, yeah, when we're looking at rates and things like that, they don't necessarily pay what Mia are working very hard to set, which is an industry standard. Now, ultimately, you make your, your own decision on that. 
And look, I think it can be a good way to gain um, experience of auditioning and things. But just remember with things like that, that I think building your skill set is one of the most important things to start with. Because as soon as you start to work through platforms like that, you need to, you know, you need to set up a home studio. I think probably first and foremost, it's get your instrument working well first, get your voice ready for scripts. Um, so I hope that helps there. Sure, there's, there's one question here, I'm not sure, it's about tech companies in the US who use human voices to create their A1 voice use, yep. A1 voice use. What about work using my voice for A1 voice creation for tech companies? Are there policy mm -hmm. contracts to protect the use of my voice? Uh, watermarking voice do you know do, are you able to respond no to because I don't I haven't done any I I haven't done any of that um I I I buy a work no I haven't so um I'm sorry I'm not the person to speak to about that um but it would I would always recommend um if you have a question mark there with legalities and your voice being used um always check the the fine print first and ask questions it's it's up to you to ask questions if you're not clear and if you're not happy with with it then then raise that alarm but yeah I, I don't have experience in that area unfortunately all right well I think that's it for the, the moment okay beautiful so your first demo using a variety of scripts in your comfort zone so when it comes time to record your first demo, the, the purpose of a demo is to showcase what you have. So like I was saying before, you don't have to have all of these amazing whiz fandangle, you know, skills at the outset, guys, it takes time. So we're looking at a slow burn here. So you just want to use scripts that you can absolutely nail. And a coach will help you do that. Um, they'll help work through so you don't have to do all of that legwork yourself. So finding a reputable studio and engineer to produce your demo is also very important. I would be, uh, when we're talking about home studios, you'd really want to make sure that you had a very professional setup before you record your demo at home. Um, and the other thing about working with an engineer is just you get to know them. Um, it's another chance for them to get to see how you work and you can go back and forth with them. Um, that's a fun thing to do in the studio. Yes. Yeah, so um, remember the purpose of a demo is always, yes, to showcase your work. So you're putting your best foot forward. You can build the, the you can build what you can offer over time. But for a lot of years, I just had a commercial demo. And then as I got more experienced, I built my demo collection and you can have a look at them. My, my website is alexandralopez.com.au. You're welcome to have a look on there and see how, how I did it and what I have to offer. But bear in mind, I had just the one voice demo for maybe a decade until I built up the skills. Because like we're saying, you're putting your best foot forward. And whilst you might be able to do a Scottish accent, a little bit of it, if you can't nail it for a script, not ready yet to put that on a demo. Now, any questions there about demos, guys? Um, where do you get scripts from for your demos? Online or existing or old ads? Can you write Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. Um, I would go to a local studio. I would go to a recording studio and they most of the time keep all of the old scripts from jobs that they do why not cold call them and just say hey can I have a variety of of scripts if you're working with a coach they'll have more than likely they'll have scripts that they can give you to be able to record your work but yeah that would be my recommendation there and when you're talking about studios, which, mm. what kind of studios are you talking about? Are they so recording studios, so uh, audio engineer studios, um, places where you actually will be going to record your work. When you get uh, voiceover gigs, you'll go to a recording studio. So audio engineers 
and, they've got, and they've got a staff there that you can access, i.e. the engineer that you can follow up with, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, they do look at, but I think it's important to sort of get in with them because that's where I think it's important. I believe in having an agent, but also if you're doing it freelance, you're trying to build up those connections. You're ultimately trying to get in front of those people because those people are the people who will be, you know, sending uh, you as a recommendation to a client and yeah, it's really using, I'm very pro um, being across my area as in knowing who's out there, who's, who's in my state, who, who are doing really well, who can perhaps connect with me. Uh, I think that's really important. So, so really saturate yourself in your voice, um, your vicinity, basically, and, and who's there and who can um, who you can connect with. All right. Well, that's it for them, Mark. That's okay. it for the moment. Yeah. All right. The final thing that I want to talk about is well-being. So I think I feel a strong sense of responsibility as somebody who um, is delivering a course to make it a priority to talk about our well-being. I think in any of the modalities of the arts, it's paramount that we hold our well-being and our practices to keep our well-being in check as high as we do building our, our skill sets. So it's very important to come at this industry from a realistic point of view. So I've said a lot today that it's a slow burn and I need you to always remember that it is and it's a slow burn for anybody. It was a slow burn for me. Anybody who's who's um, working in the industry, I would, you know, put my house on the fact that it took them years to get where they are. And the nature of the beast is that it's a feast and famine. Um, like all areas of the arts, it's a feast and famine, meaning we will have times where there's a lot of work and times where it's skint, where you'll be going, where's the next job coming from? That happens to everybody and it happens at any level. So I think having a very good repu a very good um, relationship with yeses and nos became a really handy skill for me to have meaning when I got yeses in my career real fist pump moments oh my god yes I got this they're wonderful and we train and we work and we live for them but they don't necessarily isolated teach us anything what teaches us a whole lot about ourselves about our ability about having any longevity is the nose and you know this in your own life when you get a no you can either sit down in the dumps or you can go okay I'll sit here for a bit and then I'll get up and then I'll work out how I'm going to get myself out of this so I think Developing a healthy relationship with yeses and nos because understand that we all get them. I get them. I still get them. I still get nos that really stump me and I go, damn it, I wanted that. It's really important to know that that's never going to stop um, and to build some kind of relationship and a, and a way that doesn't absolutely end you and devastate you every time you receive a no. See it as an opportunity and a way to grow. Um, I think it's very important to have realistic timeframes with things, very realistic timeframes. Um, I've said that a few times today, but I really think that if you can understand that this isn't going to be an overnight successful career, then that's your first step to, to being awesome. And I think that making sure that we have things in our life that's not just our work is important for any industry, but especially important for the arts. I think um, having a really full life and having your passion, which is what we do on top of it, is going to ensure that those yeses and nos, maybe they're not so fatal. Um, having, having hobbies and having things that make your heart sing um, and knowing that you are someone and something outside of your work is very important. And I think that anything you experience outside of your work is only going to make you a better performer. 
having that day off and spending it at the beach or spending it with your dog or going horse riding is going to make you better next time you come in. It's a fresh, fresh mindset. And, and with voice work, it's, it's very solitary in terms of, um, you know, you're working very hard on building these skills. So it's so important to go and really be you and um, remember that only you get to decide your path. So really understanding who we are is so important across any modality, but especially in voice, in voice work. Remember that only you get to decide it. I realized a few years ago when I delivered my first daughter six years ago, she's highly sensitive. And I realized from that, oh my goodness, so am I. And so understanding and learning who I was and why I thought all of these years, the things that I thought were my downfalls, they were my strengths. I just didn't realize. So really knowing who we are is, is just so paramount in, in understanding then how we're going to create our careers and yeah, only you get to decide that. And that's part of the joy. That's, that's part of, um, yeah, the, the absolute blessing that it is to, to be on this path. Yeah. Are there any, are there any questions there on, on wellbeing folks or anything you want to, to there, discuss? There isn't anything on, look, it's, it is three past one, but uh, so we'll be finishing in a second because we always finish on time. Sure. But there is a question here about how would you recommend approaching this kind of career for foreign actors with quite a strong accent? Mm, that's a really good question. And alternatively, someone else has also asked about having, do you need an, an authentic Aussie accent? Not necessarily. No, uh, you don't, no, you don't necessarily. No, I just would work on, in the beginning, I would work on what you have. Um, look, guys, I always come back to working with a coach because I think you can go so far on your own, but I think when you are green, and I say it because I did it too, worked with a coach when I was green, um, just having that person to bounce off. So, you know, the what about sorry just while time what about yeah you've got a strong foreign accent or an overseas accent yeah I matter? think pardon does that matter no because it's you because it's what you have and you can't mask what you have so um I can't sit here and say oh that means that you won't get work that's so not the case and I think that you know oftentimes that'll be the thing that absolutely sets you apart from others so um that would be about once you hone your your skills, it would be about taking that to an agency. And actually, I think it's a really fantastic thing to be able to shop around um, because it offers you something that is unique. Uh, it's you. It's you. Yeah. Well, and last question. But um, what's the general cost of getting an engineer in a studio for your demo, and how long should the demo be when you're starting out? Uh, how long should the demo be when you're starting out? No more than, I think mine at the moment is about one and a half minutes, but that's actually very short. I think the general, and don't quote me, but I think two to two and a half minutes is um, industry standard. And you might correct me, somebody might correct me there, but I think, I think that's about it there. Um, and what was the first part of that question? Alex? What is the general cost of getting an engineer and studio for your demo? Yeah, that can that can range. Um, I know that some. Uh, I know around the two. See, I think it depends on where you are. It depends on what state you're in. Um, I know, for example, my um, go-to engineer that I partner with. He is about two hundred and. 30 to 250 per hour. Um, so you'd be looking at maybe one to two hours in the studio for a demo. And then it's what if, if I don't know if they've got a special rate that goes on top of that, but I would probably budget around the five-ish and it's, it's rough guys, but it's a, around the $500-ish for a first demo. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I'd budget there. Well, 
Look, uh, so much information packed into that hour, Alexandra. So thank you so much for that. Uh, oh, that's my pleasure. I'm so, as always, so but, grateful. Um, yeah, look, such a good opportunity. And of course, so many questions to ask because it's such a huge area. So I just want to thank on behalf of all the members here today, I want to thank you very much for thank doing you. this today. Thank, thank you so much for having me, Alex. And guys, thank you for sticking with me there to the end. Um, like I said in the in the the middle of um, today's webinar, if you want to come on over to Voiceover Collective, it's my private group on Facebook, um, and it's a supportive community um, that you can come and ask any questions that you maybe didn't get to ask today. Um, and I'm I'm there all the time, so I'd love to see you there. Oh well, that is fantastic. So and thank you to all who came today. Really appreciate all your support. So Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alexandra. Thanks Thank very you. much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Great job. Loved it. Thank you. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you so very much. much, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Thanks oh, so much, Alex. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Media Super is the principal sponsor of the Equity Foundation. For more information about the work of the Foundation, visit equityfoundation.org.au or follow Australian Actors' Equity on Facebook and Twitter.